and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. And I have a, a couple of things I want to talk about on the show today. One, I'm going to be talking to, in a bit, Brett My, um, uh, Mylove, who is the founder and the CEO of traffic reporting company called Teletraffic. They're based in Orlando. And he was a part of my television story I did a couple weeks back. And Brett and I will talk about, uh, at least I'm going to ask him about, how, how traffic has changed since the lockdowns a year ago. And if he thinks there's going to be a need for a traffic reporting service and traffic reporters in the future. Uh, traffic has really changed fundamentally. And uh, it, it is coming back. It's ebbing and flowing. We'll see how it all turns out. But uh, we'll get uh, Brett's perspective on where traffic is going and where we've come from coming up in just a little bit. Uh, but first, I need to ask you all a question. And you can, you can always respond back to me by using the phone number, the email, or the Twitter, or whatever. It's all on the description of this podcast, how to contact me. But here's my question. Because um, well, I, I guess my, my question is, are air airlines just uh, fundamentally corrupt, or, or are they just trying to screw with us because they can? Um, and, and here's why I say this. It, it's, it's kind of a drawn-out deal, so, so just stick with me here. Th- this issue has happened to me twice now. And the latest time it's happened was just this past week. Because I think I mentioned last time that my family and uh, we were all taking a big family trip with uh, my wife's parents and sister and, and her husband and, and everybody's going to Florida because we were scheduled for their anniversary, my in-law's anniversary, on a cruise that was going to go to Can- uh, Canada, but that was canceled. And, and, and now we're going to go down to Florida instead for their anniversary. Well, I received an email from Frontier Airlines. That's that's who we booked our one-way ticket on. Well, we tip this, at least in this case, it, sometimes I book one-way tickets because I think, I think you get either a better price sometimes and, uh, you get better flight times. It's because really for me, it's, you want your best flight time. We're traveling with kids. It, we can't take certain flights because, uh, and, and I'm working and on all those things. So it's better to have certain flight times and sometimes it works better to have a one-way ticket. Well, so anyway, we have this one way with frontier from Denver to Florida and I get an email from them that says, um, we have decided to make a flight change. Have you ever received that email that you're going to get a flight change? And usually it's by a few minutes or, or maybe a half an hour. Well, this one was uh, originally an 8.15 a.m. flight, and it was totally canceled. The flight it is not actually happening anymore. It is actually now happening at 11.30 at night, and it's an overnight red-eye that goes down to Florida. Uh, that's no good. That is not good. That is not good traveling with small children. For me, it's okay. For my wife and, 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 and myself, we're, we're fine. My kids could deal with it. That's okay. My in-laws could even deal with it. They've, they've done overnight flights. But uh, for, my, uh, for the little ones, my sister-in-law, brother-in-law who have kids under six, it's not. It wouldn't work out for them to to be on an overnight flight. It's just not not what we want to do. So I uh, uh, we decided as a family to, to let's cancel the frontier trip because it's their deal and they they they're changing us. So we should be able to get our money back. And, and that's what happened. I called Frontier and said I I want my money back because you've 
canceled the flight. And so that's, we can't take this other flight. We got young kids. And so that was really not a hassle. I was actually surprised with Frontier and I was uh, to get our money back. So uh, we um, then found another flight. This time it was actually on United Airlines. And as I, as I recall now, I think this, this happened with Frontier as well. Anyway, so uh, my mother-in-law wanted us all to sit in the same area. That's fine, right? And, and uh, they wanted to uh, book all at the same time. And so I have my father-in-law and me and my brother-in-law all on the phone at the same time. And we're going through the process. We, we picked the flight. We picked the right flight time. And we have the rate. It's $190 per person to fly uh, from Denver to Florida one way. All right, so we, we select and we go through the seat selection so we all know what where we're sitting. So we're all going to sit together. We had to pay a couple extra bucks to pick our seats. And then we get to the process. You put in your credit card. And then you get to the process where you're going to hit the button to say, yes, I want to purchase. So as we're at that point, my father-in-law, I guess he was just a little bit faster. He had the button. He, boom, hits the button. Goes through just fine. My brother-in-law, boom, hits the button. It goes just fine. I hit the button, boom, and I get this error message. The website says, error, there's been an error with your purchase. Please do uh, a chat, click this chat button, and, and see if you can figure it out there. Or you can call this number, and you can figure it out there. I said, well, this is no good. And so I hit the chat button. And it says, all right, you're going to have to wait just a couple of minutes for somebody to come up on the chat. Well, and it said, uh, lay out your deal, what, what happened here, why you got this error message, and um, then we'll, we'll try to figure it out. So I, I put in my, my name and I, what, what happened. If we were booking the, the trip and <clears throat> we um, hit the button and the error message comes up and that's, that's where we are now. And at the same time, because I'm, I'm waiting for this chat to start and it's been... Now, 10 minutes, so my wife gets a little antsy, and so she calls the number that's on the screen. Okay, fine. So now my wife is waiting on hold. I'm waiting on hold with the chat, and my wife actually gets through to somebody on the um, uh, on the phone. And so she's trying to talk to it. Well, in the meantime, I am looking for the flight. I'm trying. I'm going to maybe go do the rebooking process. I'll just rebook it right here on the internet because that's what I was doing before. So as I'm looking at the flight, the same flight that I was trying to book, that I clicked the button 10 minutes earlier, the flight price had changed. And not just by a little bit, by about $80 a person. When you're traveling with four people, that's a lot of bread. And that's not acceptable. I mean, when you when you try to buy the ticket and, and boom, they, they all of a sudden just change the price on you. So my wife gets to the point where she's actually talking to somebody and she's explaining this situation. And, and, and then after about 10 minutes on the phone with, with somebody, then boom, I, uh, the chat finally comes up and, and they start asking me some of the questions. So my wife was actually, because she's really nice, she's much nicer than I am. She was able to get through to the uh, uh, travel professional helper person there uh, with United or I don't know where that person was, but representing United Airlines, and was able to work it out. The text person that I was uh, chatting with wasn't. So we just stopped the chatting and went with the phone person. Um, but my point for, through this whole thing was, and, and, and they weren't all, they, at one point they weren't going to do it, and uh, then they, they eventually did. I said, look, 
I was at the point where uh, we, we United agreed on a price, and I agreed on the price, and, and so much so that that we put the credit card number in there and everything, and and I hit the button and and to to buy because everybody had agreed on on the deal here, and then it said no thanks. Apparently, what happens is they have almost like a surge pricing, if you will, almost like Uber or Lyft, where they saw six other people buy seats right then and right there and decided to kick me out and wanted me to pay more for the exact same seats that I was just about to buy seconds earlier. I could have bought one ticket at that old price, but if I put more than one person in there, it wouldn't let me buy for that same price for the $190. And unfortunately, my children are 9 and 12, or fortunately, as the case may be. And for to put them, because I let's say I bought my ticket as just a single person. That's fine. And then my wife, and then my kids. Well, you can't do that with children because there is a $150 fee, I believe it is, to have an unaccompanied minor on the airplane. And that's what they would think if I'm just buying a ticket for a 9-year-old to get on the airplane. Them not knowing that they're coming with me, I'm just trying to... S- navigate through their crappy system here of changing prices right in the middle as you're buying something. The exact same thing happened with Frontier. I know it was Frontier. I can't remember where it, where the flight was going to, but it was the exact same thing where we were trying to buy a group of tickets, but couldn't. I, I think it was, we were trying to buy the four. We could buy maybe two, one or two at one price. But if we tried to buy four, the price went from like $130 to $400. That's unbelievable. Either the, what, what, what? The price should be the price. If you, if that's the price, then that's the price. Not for, for just one. It's like I'm going into the grocery store, right? And, and I see a can of soup and they say, well, the first can's going to be 89 cents. But if you want a second or third or fourth can, all of those cans, if you're going to buy it as a group, it's going to be $7 a can. Right? That's just not... So Has that happened to you? Has that happened where you're trying to buy, some, especially an airline ticket, and it, they, they are... They, they change the flight price. Boom, like that. And you know what? Another weird thing is that we almost bought a ticket on uh, Southwest. However... As we're going through the process, I'm looking at the t- I'm looking at the flight on Southwest, and I'm nearly ready to select the flight. And then all of a sudden, it updates. It does some kind of an update, and then boom! All the non-stop flights. There were three of them on that day with Southwest to where we're going in Florida. Poof! Disappeared like a like a toot in the wind. Gone, just totally gone. So, what used to be actually easy flying during uh, we my wife and I actually flew um and I, my kid yeah no we all went it was in June of 2020 right after the uh, lockdown started coming off and and people were still not getting onto airplanes and you had to wear the mask and everything it was still pretty much on the height of the uh the virus surge going up uh we went to we went to Florida and it was it was fine but it was nice that everything was open and it was easy and the airlines actually enjoyed us being there. It doesn't seem like they enjoy us being there anymore. It was really frustrating, uh, this process as well as, well, 
<sighs> dealing with about any airline at any time, it's it's never that great, is it? It it just doesn't seem that way. Uh, so anyway, there's there's our story. Uh, no, you could always contact me on the uh, links that are right there in the description of the show. And I'd like to hear your story if if there if you have a similar story of of them doing that because that that is one of my most frustrating parts of booking a, a, a ticket. That, and even after calling them, you say, "Well, no, that's just just the way it is. It's those tickets were we only had that many tickets, and now we have so even if they have one ticket left at that lower price, it will show that is a lower price. And if you try to buy more than that one ticket, they won't let you buy it. You have to buy it at the higher price, which is it's. Maybe they should make it like seats, where you see that seat's going to cost me $13. That seat's going to cost me $18. And maybe they should price out each seat in the airline, in the, in the aircraft, where you are saying, all right, you're going to pick that seat, that's your fare, that's how much it's going to cost, and that includes your seat and your bag and everything, right? Why can't they do that? If I can hover around with my mouse over a seat on a simulated uh, aircraft, and it shows me what the price of that seat is, why can't it just show me the entire price of the fare and the seat and the bag and all of it all combined? Why can't we do that? Maybe, maybe that, there you go, there's your, there's your 5% back to me uh, idea that you can uh, put there in your, in your website, and boom, we can all make some money. Thank you very much. Yay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's my that's my my rant for the day. Uh, and I am continuing my series here on pandemic traffic one year later. And as part of my television story, you can actually see that story. There's a link in the description of this show that'll take you right to it. As part of that story, I spoke with Brett Mylove. And Brett is the founder and the CEO of Teletraffic. And Teletraffic is... They are like any other traffic reporting service, whether it was Metro Traffic, which is gone now, uh, Total Traffic. Uh, there's a couple other companies out there. The old Shadow Traffic, remember them? They're long gone. Um, but Brett started this company back in 2012 and has a long history in the traffic reporting family. Brett, thanks so much for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Didn't you start as a traffic reporter? I did do traffic reporting. I did do traffic reporting before I started this company. Um, and teletraffic is going to be uh, nine years. We've been doing this for nine years. Uh, so uh, traffic's been in my blood for a long time. Uh, grew up in New York, so uh, yeah, understood the roadways. And it's just a thing. I, I just have a, a, uh, a passion for it. Just love doing it. And uh, we love getting the traffic report information out to everybody uh, and helping them get around. Uh, we have social media that helps people as well. Um, so they're not always in front of the radio, so they can't hear, you know, the traffic report happening. So they get us on social media. So that works. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a passion Love what we do. Um, our reporters are great. Our clients are amazing. Uh, we've actually moved to a, a few, a few markets where they want 24 seven traffic, even with the pandemic. So we got lucky there. Um, and we just love what we do. And teletraffic talk a little bit about the company and and where is your coverage area? Uh, yeah, we cover traffic um, in various markets across the U.S. We're not in every market, but we're, we do carry in uh, 17 markets across the U.S. And uh, it's 24 hour, seven day a week traffic in all the markets. Uh, our biggest market, well, our biggest area is probably the southeast of the United States. So. All right, let's go back uh, to a year ago 
when all of a sudden the country locked down, stay-at-home orders were out there, uh, what was it like for you and, and your reporters specifically to, having to deal with these stay-at-home orders and, and the evaporation of traffic? Well, um, you know, we learned about the coronavirus happening in January, actually, and uh, uh, we felt some of the effects earlier than, than March when the shutdowns began, especially with schools and, and workplaces. Uh, but uh, it was it was a scary situation because a lot of uh, radio stations and television stations uh, had a little bit of a panic. And, uh, and um, you know, come, come April 1st, there was no traffic on the roadways. And, uh, you know, a lot of stations uh, pulled traffic from, from their, uh, from the stations themselves. Um, so, uh, w- you know, what we saw was, uh, you know, traffic just greatly reduced on all of the roadways. Um, it was a situation that, you know, we've never seen before. I don't think anybody's ever seen before. Uh, and, uh, the stay home orders came into place and, uh, you know, I'm speaking with Brett Mylove. He's the CEO and the founder of Teletraffic, talking about the pandemic and traffic one year later. As a veteran watching traffic, watching markets where they they normally uh, would see, you would see all kinds of traffic in the bigger markets, how eerie was it seeing wide open highways? Yeah, I mean, wide open roadways in the middle of the week, um, you know, on a Friday afternoon when it's supposed to be jam-packed and you know, here it is. There's not a car on, on, on any of the DOT cameras or our cameras or whatever. Um, so it was it was scary. And you're, and you're thinking, wow, I mean, is this, you know, when when will this end? You know, when will this what's going to happen next? So uh, it was uh, it was it was scary. Um, but uh, to see all of the roadways empty was just, a, you know, it's just something you don't see. You don't see. And then slowly but surely, we started seeing traffic come back. Businesses started to open up. When did you start to see traffic come back and realize that you are not going to be put out of business uh, and there still will be a role for us, the traffic reporters, to play? Yeah, uh, well, uh, I would have to say that uh, traffic really, you know, again, it it ended, you know, everything happened in March or the beginning of April and things were, you know, down to nothing on the roadways. Things started to pick up around July, uh, late July, uh, just after July 4th weekend, pretty much. You know, people started to want to get out of the house and, and, and move around. Uh, you know, uh, the markets that were greatly reduced were, you know, the markets at theme parks, um, markets that service, uh, you know, major convention hubs, uh, service industry markets. Uh, so, you know, things picked up around July and, you um, you know, um, things got back almost to a, a point of normalcy in a lot of markets, maybe not the smaller markets, but the, the larger markets starting in August, September. And it, it, we really thought it was gonna, everything was going to be great back in uh, October and November. And I guess maybe that was ahead of, you know, the holidays coming up and people wanting to travel. And then, um, then, it, then January came and, and things fell off again and things have quieted down greatly since then as you said a bit ago traffic started to pick up in the summer in july and the summer months and and you cover a lot of cities there in florida with a lot of tourists orlando included did you see a lot of summer road trip traffic like we did here in the west 
Uh, no, we did not. Uh, and we thought we would see something like that, especially in a market like Orlando or even down towards Miami. Uh, we didn't, we had more locals. It was a lot of people traveling from Miami up to Orlando or Orlando down to Miami, but we weren't seeing the out of town travelers coming in as much as we thought we were going to. Um, and usually you'll see those during the week, the weekdays were, would be busy in the attraction areas. Um, and it, now it's just the weekends and it's mostly in the morning and in the evenings when they come coming and going. I'm speaking with Brett Mylove. Brett is the founder, the CEO of Teletraffic, T-E-L-E dash traffic. So in a traffic reporting business that we're in, you used to be able to predict exactly when and where a traffic jam would start. I, I could just, I, I knew it by, like clockwork, but now it seems like we're just taking a, a, a pair of dice and rolling them out there. And it's, and it's a mystery really where, what numbers are going to come up and, and what, what traffic is going to come up on any particular day. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy. Uh, you know, on a Monday you're like, Oh, well, things are back to normal. And then Tuesday it's the, uh, there's nothing in the morning and then and then midday traffic is is comes like out of nowhere and you're like this never happens in the middle of the day on a Tuesday. Uh, and then, you know, where you like said, uh, you know, 3 p.m. or 3.30 p.m. You count on traffic to start to build on certain roadways and, and it's not there. It doesn't come to maybe five and it only lasts for 30 minutes. So, uh, yeah. Is that similar in large markets and small markets alike, or is it different from place to place around the country that you cover? I, you know, it's, it's market dependent on, on what's happening in, in those markets. You know, like I said, some, some markets are, are dependent on conventions. Some are, are theme parks. Uh, you know, New York City, for instance, uh, we were seeing a lot of delays and, and congestion on the bridges and, and the tunnels. Um, we haven't seen anything at all, really, uh, since January, just after the 1st of January. Um, so the smaller markets have really been quiet. They've just remained quiet, uh, which is nice. Uh, we're still seeing the same amount of serious accidents as we have seen, uh, but the minor accidents, not as much, uh, you know, uh, but uh, we're still seeing uh, crashes that um, uh, on the roadways in the smaller markets as we do in the larger markets. So the people who have, who have to deliver this information for you on radio or television, how are they adapting? How are they learning and adjusting to what they've done for years in some cases to, to handle the traffic for, for now, for today? Well, that's what makes the traffic reporter a special kind of person because they can come up with, with ideas to uh, keep, uh, you know, the listener uh, you know, programmed into them and, and, and listening to what they have to say about the roadways. Uh, uh, you know, instead of talking about just delays that, you know, sometimes you have traffic reports that could go five minutes long in some markets where they don't have that much time, you know, it's a 30 second report, but they could go for five minutes. Now, you know, they have 15 seconds worth of traffic and, and they fill it in with other stuff that, uh, you know, with safety information or, uh, uh, upcoming, uh, uh, construction that may affect uh, travels overnight because now you're finding a lot of construction that is uh, closing roadways that never closed roadways before at night and uh, and to get things done uh, through this pandemic. We've talked about where traffic has come and now let's talk about where traffic is going. You've seen some increase 
since the winter dip, and now we're coming up to spring. It seems like uh, more and more people are getting vaccinated, more people are going out. Where do you see traffic going in the next three months, the next six months uh, through 2021? Uh, well, I, I do think it's going to be uh, quite some time uh, before we see traffic conditions return to uh, pre-COVID levels. Uh, you know, we have companies transitioning to remote work for employees. School Schooling is remote in a lot of cities and states. Uh, we're heading into uh, March already. And uh, so school ends soon, you know, in June for most, uh, most of the uh, country. Uh, and uh, then you have the summer months, which are typically quieter uh, for travels because school is out. You know, parents stay home with the children and, and they make their road trips. I think the road trips are going to stay more local. Um, I don't see uh, much in the way of uh, heavy delays, congestion happening until we get towards um, the holiday season. Really, I think people will start to move around a little bit more comes Thanksgiving and then they'll start to get out and, and we'll see things pick up around then. But uh, a real normalcy uh, return to traffic, uh, it's going to be a while. I, I would have to say uh, deep into next year, uh, possibly um, the summer of next year when, when, when we get through this hump of this summer and things you know, transition uh, and then people will make plans to make their travels next year. Do you think that the typical commute that we used to see, that usual five to nine and and three to seven commute, the usual morning and afternoon drive that kept us all so busy has changed forever, or or is it just morphing? Uh, I think they're they're morphing, uh, but uh, yeah, you know your typical in some markets, you know Los Angeles, for instance, you usually see traffic begin at four thirty five o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, versus a market like. Uh, Jacksonville, which you might not see start till 630 in the morning. Uh, but I think things are going to tend to uh, move a little bit uh, there on the scale and, and start a little bit later and, and end a little bit earlier. And again, uh, the afternoon delays, I think will start to return back to normal where you see those, you know, you expected it to start at this time. But I think the mornings are going to be uh, a, a big of a shift than the afternoon. Um, but again, you know, you have these markets across the U.S. that, uh, you know, depending on where you are, uh, the businesses, whether they're going to keep their workers at home and, and save money and, and their, their businesses are su successful that way. Uh, so we'll just have to see how things play out um, through this summer and, and into the fall. And uh, then we'll see what happens next year. I'm speaking with Brett Mylove. Brett is the founder, the CEO of Teletraffic. We're talking about traffic a year later since the original shutdowns and i know for me it's been a bit discomforting i i felt comfortable with the old commutes i, I felt comfortable knowing when and where traffic was going to get slow but but now it's like it's, it's we have a deck of cards we're just throwing it up in the air we're playing 52 pickup not knowing what cards are going to lace uh, land face up is, is that the way you feel like right now is that the way your traffic reporters feel right now well, I think it's the same for a lot of people. You know, they, they expected this when they walked out the door and, and they expected whatever they were going to get when they get on the interstate. Uh, so that is a change. Um, uh, it's a big change. You know, some people uh, took alternate routes to get to where they had to go. And now they can go a different way. And, and maybe now they get to work uh, 20 minutes earlier. And now, you know, they realize, huh, I don't have to get up 20 minutes earlier anymore, you know, and I can get up 20 minutes later. And so that's where the effect is going to come in. People are going to 
you know, change their habits of, of when they're going to walk out the door and get into their car and leave. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. And all that changes traffic patterns. Oh, absolutely. The traffic patterns definitely a change. And, and, you know, with all this construction and, and things getting done on the infrastructures of the roads, uh, that's going to change as well. I mean, it's it, things are being done, even though people aren't out on the roads. Uh, you know, the construction is getting done. And uh, yeah, the patterns are going to change and, and people's habits are going to change and how they drive and everything. And I've seen more people using side roads and staying off the highways, even though the highways are less crowded. It, it Maybe it's easier for them or for some commuters to just not get on the freeway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the side roads, well, they can be faster, <laughs> depending if you hit those lights the right way. So. Does it seem like the need for the traffic information for the traffic reporter is still there, even if traffic is lighter than normal or not normal at all? They do. And, and we still get people that say, you know, what's happening on this roadway and why am I stuck in delays? So the delays still happen when things happen, when incidents take place. So, you know, uh, you know, just because we're, you know, a slowdown in traffic on the roadways doesn't mean that, you know, all the roadways are open all the time, <laughs> you know, for, you know, free flowing traffic. You know, things happen. Uh, like I said, crashes still are there. Uh, construction still happening. So uh, it's always safe to be be safe on the roads. And, and uh, you know, you can get your traffic from the television, get your traffic from the radio, get your traffic traffic from social media. So there's always a way to get the information you need before you head out of the doors. Spring break is a bit nuts down there right now in Florida, but what about later in the year? Uh, what about the summer months when, when it all calms down? You know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a tough time for a lot of businesses. Uh, you know, people are going to stay, I, we believe are going to stay local. That's what we're seeing in a lot of the markets. You know, people may travel from Phoenix to Las Vegas, but you know, I don't see people traveling from Phoenix over to, you know, into Tennessee or something for, you know, a long week, uh, you know, into the mountains or, some, or something like that. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a very, a very um, interesting summer with traffic. Next time I'm going to be talking to AAA and they indicated to me though, that road travel, they think will continue to be pretty heavy this summer as they don't think air travel is not quite going to be as heavy as it was in years past just because it's not quite trusted as as yet a lot of people still have to wear the masks on the flights uh and it, it will come back but it might take another year or so right no i would have to agree with what AAA has to say um especially with air travel um with, but with road travel uh i do believe that um we're going to see more local more more local travel uh you know you, each state has their own restrictions in place and until those start to ease up, um, then you'll see, you know, uh, a larger uh, travel distance for people that they're going to make when it comes time to make those plans to take their vacation. I was, you know, I, I was thinking about how slow the roads are and I wanted to, I've never been to the Grand Canyon and I wanted to drive across the country out to the Grand Canyon. I said, this is a perfect time to be on the roads. There's nobody on the roads. You know, you're going to go through these major markets like Dallas or you know, Houston, and you're going to fly right through them without any delays, uh, you know, with all the, you know, with COVID going on. And I can get to the Grand Canyon and be a nice, easy trip. And uh, I just haven't because, you know, you learn about the restrictions in these other states and you're like, oh, OK. And then, you know, the restrictions in the hotels and you're like, oh, yeah, OK. You know, and then and then I canceled the plans. But it was 
yeah, it was perfect time to go, but you know, those COVID restrictions are really came into play with, with traveling a long distance. And, you know, I know I can go to, you know, Miami or I know I can go to Atlanta. I know I can go, you know, within my region and, and be, you know, know the rules and regulations and be safe, you know, but traveling like to New York or going out to the Grand Canyon or, or even traveling up to, into Tennessee, uh, you know, you just, you just don't, it's, it's tough. It's tough. So. And some of the states, like Hawaii, was infamous for it. New Mexico, close to me, had the 14-day quarantine rules. Uh, they're relaxed now, but they did affect, I think, travel, especially uh, long-distance travel. Yeah, we, we had the same thing here in Florida. We had uh, I-95 uh, southbound into Florida was uh, a checkpoint. And Interstate 10 coming in uh, from the west also had a checkpoint. And if you had an out-of-state plate, you had to have uh, – you know, either uh, show that you had a, a COVID test or you had to sign a document that stated that when you come into the state, you had to quarantine for 14 days. And if you were to uh, not be at the location you say you're going to be at and they came and checked, you would receive a, a fine. Um, and it was a hefty fine, too. And they were doing that for us uh, for a long time here, about three months. How is it now, though? Because Florida is pretty much wide open, right? We're, we're wide open. So, which is nice. Uh, so, but they're, they're still having trouble in the attractions uh, in Orlando. Uh, the convention center still remains closed. Uh, Disney is doing business more on the weekends. Saturdays and Sundays are their busiest days now. Uh, the weekdays are very slow. Uh, Universal Studios, same thing. The water parks got hit hard in Orlando. Uh, so, uh, Tampa, they, they're, you know, Tampa was more of your, you know, your nightlife and concerts, sporting events. Uh, those have been limited, especially in Tampa. That that was hit hard, still is being hit hard and limited. Uh, Miami, the beaches, most of the beaches were closed in Miami and they all went over to the uh, West Coast. Uh, they came over to Naples area, Fort Myers. And uh, that was a little bit of a problem because there was a lot of traffic and a, a lot of people. <laughs> There's not as not enough hotels uh, for the influx of people that came over from, from Miami and Fort Lauderdale over to the West Coast in Naples. Uh, but uh, some of the beaches still remain closed in the Miami area. So on the weekends, you see that the people get out of Miami and they head up either to Disney or they head over to the West Coast in Naples. Oh, funny, because uh, we're supposed to be a family trip going to Naples at the end of May, uh, my in-laws' anniversary. We're actually scheduled to go on a cruise in Canada, uh, to Canada, uh, but that was canceled. Uh, the cruise canceled because Canada closed it down. Uh, so the my in-laws picked Naples instead. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very pretty in Naples. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot new of old people that drive slow, which I like. <laughs> well, they, they do drive slow, and some of them drive slow on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. But, uh, you know, welcome to Naples. Uh, you know, but it's very pretty in Naples, and uh, there's there's plenty to do. Uh, there's no restrictions, very little restrictions in Naples. How, I mean, if you, you do have to wear a mask when you go into the stores, they require that and that's fine. People do it, but, uh, you know, the beaches are packed, uh, and people are out doing what they want to do here. Uh, so yeah, it's nice to see that, uh, people are, are wanting to get out and, and there's a lot of people upset about the Royal Caribbean and they're upset about, uh, you know, traveling to, you know, uh, to the, to the Virgin Islands or even to Puerto Rico which has heavy restrictions as well still. So uh, I think that uh, things will pick up again this summer. We'll let things play out with the COVID vaccine 
Uh, and then come, come Thanksgiving, I think you'll start to see more movement. People start getting out and about and uh, things will pick back up during that, during the holiday season. Then next summer is when I think we'll see things really return back to normal. All right, Brett, my love, CEO and founder of Teletraffic. Thanks again, Brett, for being here for your time and uh, be well. All right. Okay. And uh, if you need anything else, just let me know. This is my first Zoom call, so a little bit nervous. And uh... <laughs> You did great. <laughs> Appreciate everything. Thanks again, Brett. And yeah, that's uh, the most encouraging part of that uh, talk with uh, Brett was that uh, he thinks that my job's not going away yet. <laughs> that's a good thing. Uh, you know, there are days and it's still weird. It's still weird. There are still days where there's there's just no traffic in some areas and other days it's just crazy wild on the roads. Um, and I, I do still think and I, and I, I hear this from people. There are still people who need to get out and get around and they do want the traffic information and they don't want to just solely rely on their phone or Google maps and a lot of, and it doesn't, if you're looking at a Google map, it really doesn't give you context. And I think that's what uh, my advantage is. I, I will give people the context of what's happening and when things might get cleaned up and where you can get around something. Cause you can't get that from just uh, your Waze app or your Google map or whatever. And, and yeah, it helps while you're driving, but if you're just about to leave and, and let's say, uh, on your usual route, it's an extra 10 minutes. Well, you just want to know that so you can get going and, and maybe get it going uh, out of your house a little bit faster. Um, and uh, and if your drive is wide open and fine, well, then you can stay in your house and, and have another cup of coffee for a few minutes and not really worry about it. I, I think that's why people still want the uh, traffic information. And, um, oh, yeah, it just reminded me. It was sad to hear about Traffic Jam Sam out of Nashville who was uh, laid off by uh, the parent company she worked for. I think it's Sinclair. They've been going around the country and laying off a lot of good journalists. And it was just sad to hear that um, a lot of the journalists around the country from Sinclair have been uh, let go and Traffic Jam Sam, which I think she was pretty popular there in Nashville. So sorry to hear about that. You always hear hate to hear about other traffic people uh, getting laid off and She'll, I'm sure she'll be fine. Um, it's just, it's unsettling. I mean, you know, losing, I, I think about it all the time. All the time. No matter how safe you think you are in this business. And I never, from the first day I started on the radio forever ago, never thought I was safe. And I still don't to this day. No matter how safe you might think you are or somebody might think you are. You never know what's going to happen in the world of broadcasting. All right. Anyway, thanks again for being here. If you uh, can, please go give me a um, shout out on uh, Twitter or contact me on any of the contact links that are in the description of the show. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. Be safe. And as always, happy motoring.